happily uprooting solely but surely the full understanding of what it means to be Catholic, which may or may not have been his whole plan this entire year for the past three years, following the storyline of a Star Wars film of absolute empire control based on a rising to power in secret before ruling in power in public, but just not filmed on a budget of $300 million or $30 million or $2.75, which just happens to be the cost for middle school lunches nowadays and the current cost of what Baptists make movies with, but most likely 10 to 15 billion, which just so happens to be the Vatican's worth nowadays, Victor Manuel Fernandez, whose name has been appraised by the church like a cult leader in the middle of a California desert, has been revered in the church with his current theology of unbiblical proportions, while totally not posing like a mannequin from the supermarket, or a mall in the middle of Oregon, while also posing like a mannequin at a supermarket anywhere in the United States, or a mannequin in a mall anywhere in the United States. Fernandez continuously fielded questions about the document Fidicia Supplicans, or by his interpretation, an English pride parade that isn't famous for being wrong, such as, quote, when will Pope Francis finally say that the Vatican is the United States Biden White House, unquote, and, quote, how can a person be Catholic and homosexual when Thomas Aquinas linked homosexuality to condemnations of natural law, unquote, or the most asked question, when will you be posing like that on the runaway in the Paris Fashion Week with the Louis Vuitton purse that nobody knows you left in the Vatican quarters for the past three weeks? To which Fernandez stated, quote, Whose credit card was that on? I don't remember. Yes, order me 30 more. Unquote. Again, posing in front of a camera like a mannequin from a supermarket anywhere in the United States, because that's exactly what Pope Leo would have done, while he also posed in front of a camera which is also what any other Catholic monk would have done, rewriting the New Testament from memory and full devoted commitment to the gospel, or perhaps whatever current rappers are doing in the music videos nowadays, or any other musician is currently doing in a music video, like dancing around with no clothes on, dressed as a circus clown, wearing a t-shirt that says Hail Satan, or a t-shirt that says Welcome to Church, where you get to rewrite a Bible no matter what, with a Life is Good logo on the back. Fernandez continued to not answer questions like, where is a cross-dressing Mary Magdalene in the Bible? Or, how does pride magically become a persistent holy practice when it's the number one cardinal sin? Hernandez then responded by saying, quote, that a cardinal is a bird that is red and sometimes eats bird seed in the front lawn of people's houses, and therefore it's fine, and did I not say that life is good when you can do whatever you want, unquote. The news then broke out that he somehow actually didn't know what a cardinal was, but that the color red looks pretty good when you can do whatever you want all the time, which is why it's best to do the actual sins while being the actual sinner, because blessings are made for sinners sinning, which is why they are expressive channels that express people's faith in the color red, whatever that's supposed to mean. Kind of sort of similar to Sam Smith in 2022, which goes really well with the new Unitarian Church shirts that say, quote, got church, we don't, unquote, which go really well with the cookout after church. He then walked away after 30 minutes without saying a word, similar to Joe Biden whenever he's doing anything at any time, while also looking just as confused, not because he has any form of known dementia, but just because he can't find his Louis Vuitton purse that he secretly might keep in his office instead of a crucifix commonly carried by actual priests. I'm Jonathan Neisser, this is the Rights Perspective Podcast Show.
sure to like and subscribe to my future YouTube channel releasing on the 10th, where that following week I will also release a brand new show for men's mental health. And right now that's, that's all I'm going to release about the current title, but it's going to be incredible and extremely productive. Hopefully will allow a lot of men to understand they are not alone, while also opening up a new window for women to better understand men's mental health as well as well as their own if you like and rate this show on spotify and anchor affiliates it also helps me a lot and might cause the unitarian church to complain that your theology is actually biblical and then they might wonder where you got yours and they'll hopefully find this show but just hopefully listening to the current episodes and not the old ones that have the audio of someone trying to record something within the last couple minutes on planet earth which Quite currently, thankfully, it's not the current standing for my audio any longer. Thank you again for everyone listening uh, to this podcast production in Thailand, Malawi, the U.S., Canada, France, and everywhere else. Thank you so much. It helps me greatly to get the word out there about our current religious hardship with the left and with non-traditional movements, slowly but surely throughout our religious communities, leaving them in complete, utter disarray. Again, make sure you look out for that YouTube channel release. Make sure you like the show. Also, I'd like to thank Black Rifle Coffee for sponsoring this show's production. Black Rifle is a great company that, of course, sells the best coffee on planet Earth. And they currently have a lot of sales going on, especially with the AK Black Rifle 47 Roast, which is my ultimate favorite. Also, make sure that you, as well, align your beer with the right values with ultra right beer company which also is a conservative company making sure to keep the leftism out of your beer intake make sure you buy from both of these great and fantastic companies now let's get to the show as with the past episode discussing the various wanted changes of the Catholic Church as a whole by the left and by a leftist pope, conservatives can be ever more reassured that within the next couple of years, the Vatican might look something similar to the current state of the White House on Biden's America, looking like somewhat of a cross between the Hunger Games Candy Cane Lane from Candyland for no reason, and a descent into the darkest and most distinctively creepy parts of hell that nobody knew existed until 10 years ago because of everyone's continuation and descent. Recently, as they stated they would complete, there's a new document that has been written as a quote call to the supplication and acceptance for a more outgoing call to change, or in other words, the Vatican should have homosexuality within it all the time. A document of composure that not only would confuse all the founding fathers if they were currently alive and would also anger them, but a document that should cause every single priest in the Vatican to display a crucifix immediately and call for prayer in the opposing viewpoint, completely opposite to the whole of the document, which quite truly every priest and every person should be just as opposed to this document as the priests of the past should have been opposed to the Vatican's Cold War connections to Russia and the World War II connections to the Nazis. Putting into pr the perspective what the document really is, it was published by the Vatican in wholehearted support by the man mentioned in the monologue by the name of Victor Manuel Fernandez, who has been in constant support for unbiblical notions such as gay marriage for the Catholic Church and gay clergy for the whole of Catholicism to be accepted in full, and more than likely would have no problem 
including everything else that has been blindly accepted by a society blind by evil. The document is called Medicia Supplicus, which, just to inform those who are not caught up with the Latin language and terminology, which hopefully I pronounced that right, similar to basically the whole of America besides Catholic priests and some Orthodox ones, means, quote-unquote, humbly beseeching confidence, or by another translation of the Latin, prayerfully confidence or confirmation. In other words, similar to every single church leaning left on this issue, the literal name of the document applies that there should be no question as to whether or not homosexuality should be accepted. It should merely be applied and thus connected to the church fully, and by the terms of quote-unquote beseeching, be a call to every other type of pastor and priest, no matter the denomination, to adjust and hear the call just as the calls in the desert from the Old Testament, saying, Make way the path for the Lord, as referenced by the song Days of Elijah, which everyone sang in Nazarene Church and Baptist Church and most of everyone else has sung or heard of in pretty much every other actual biblical church within America, meaning to apply, of course, that the same God praised then and the same God waited on in the desert is the same homosexuality-related God of this applied movement and the same as the actual Jesus movement of the 70s, yet a 70s church movement where homosexuality is applied instead of discouraged. The document, of course, begins the way most documents do in Catholicism. At the beginning, under the introduction portion, stating, quote, The supplicating trust of the faithful people of God receives the gift of blessing that flows from the heart of Christ through his church. And this is a statement of basically every single Catholic denomination, of course, stating that the church is the place where God, through Jesus himself, bestows the holy gifts of the Holy Spirit to all believers, and also those within the comfort of their own homes receiving God's blessing and prayerful surrender to Him. However, if you are someone like me that tends to skip the prologue of books and documents when you read them, or perhaps slightly skim through the first two pages of the college class syllabi without reading anything else, you would easily miss the wholehearted want for the whole of this document. That is to say, quote, as it is later on stated, it is precisely in this context that no one can understand, or, or, excuse me, that one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations, and same-sex couples without officially validating the statutes, or changing in any way the church's perennial teaching on marriage. Unquote. And this, then, therefore, should trigger the theology alarms in the heads of everyone who was actually raised in church. It's the most important yet obvious aspect of the whole of the argument. Those who support the blessing of same-sex couples want to word it in this way as a means of confusing a listener with the first statement of quote-unquote people in irregular situations so that automatically the mind first thinks about, say, a homeless person or a person who is down on their luck and can't change their current outcome, even though a homeless person can. However, these statements do not go together based on their own logic of the left, even though Hernandez would disagree, based on the instance where the left says that being gay is not a choice, but a born with causation effect connected to DNA, versus a situation that occurs in someone's past beyond their control that thus manipulates them. They would, of course, see, uh, or they, they would want it to be seen as a different means of beyond their control, fully connected to their very being instead of their surroundings, although they want to change every aspect of their surroundings to twist the church itself. While even the word irregular, 
Also, it's the closest word they can use to be somewhat appeasing to the right's disagreement, considering the fact that the only other realistic way to view this argument is that it's simply wrong or right, and thus they have the need to change it completely. This is why the left follows up with the phrase, quote-unquote, without official validation, even though that is the main point, as and so much so that the document might as well be changed to Santino Cume Officialis, or with official validation versus its other entitlement. They, of course, follow up with the statement claiming this document is intended to, quote, be a tribute to the people of God who worship the Lord with many gestures and trust in his deepened mercy. Again, a rewriting who the people of God are and that they are supposed to redistribute what sin is and make sin an official sacrament instead of having real marriage being a sacrament and also instead of completely throwing sin out of the picture and throwing sin back to hell where it belongs. Now, what they end up doing is merely continuing to state how the theology was beforehand completely right and completely accurate. They only state completely correct biblical terminology before adding in the terminology they want within certain bits and pieces of the document that can easily be missed. Now quoting from the point that can easily be missed in 10, it says, This is a liturgical understanding of blessings insofar as they are rites officially proposed by the church. Based itself on these considerations, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith's explanatory note to its 2021 response recalls that when a blessing is invoked in certain human relationships by special liturgical rite, it's necessary that what is blessed corresponds with God's designs written in creation and fully revealed by Christ the Lord. For this reason, since the Church has always considered only those sexual relations that are lived out within marriage to be morally illicit, the Church does not have the power to confer its liturgical blessings when it would be somehow offer a form of moral legitimacy to a union that presumes to be a marriage or to an extramarital sexual practice. The Holy Father reiterated the substance of this declaration in his requestus to the Dubai of the two cardinals, or, in other words, the clarification of the two cardinals to disagree with him. On 12, one must also avoid the risk of reducing the meaning of blessings to this point of view alone, for it would lead us to expect the same moral conditions for a simple blessing that are called for in the reception of the sacraments. So in other words, they are wanting to secretly rewrite what the sacraments actually are. And in doing so, again, just like last time, they're wanting to apply a reinstated priesthood, a reinstated priesthood that should never actually be within any part of the Vatican. And 13, it says, quote, precisely in this regard, Pope Francis urged us to not, quote, unquote, lose pastoral charity, which should permit all of our decisions and attitudes, and to avoid being judges who only deny, reject, and exclude. In other words, the Vatican should not exclude people, but they rewrite what that actually means and instate that we should, instead of excluding, and instead of supplying people with actual truth, we should simply just accept every single type of thing that comes our way and accept every single type of priesthood known to man. In this type of connection, you might as well just 
claim that they're no better than Baal prophets due to the fact that Baal prophets actually enjoyed homosexuality as well. And just as they're fully taking over the White House with confused determination and debauchery, they're also looking to reword the Bible and take over the Vatican as a whole, which again should set off every single solitary alarm. This goes hand in hand in importance to how marriage commitment should be heavily influenced on the sexual relationship between two people and involved in actual marriage, and that the normal right should actually be applied as it was beforehand with the Holy Roman Catholic Church and with every single type of church in America that's theological. Considering that people who are single are termed as living the bachelor or bachelorette lifestyle, which back in a more stable time for dating meant not taken and looking for a partner, versus what it means today that women have a body count of 400, while men have a body count of 400 and less embarrassment attached to it, versus their female counterparts, in a culture once again defined by sexual explicit involvement, not connected to holy sacraments and church standards, but a new form of holy sacrament and church standard that is completely, utterly evil. Obviously, dating was not meant to be hookups, and dating was not meant to be done in the middle of a parking lot that people would also do a drug deal at. This is not the intention of actual marriage under the community of believers, and of course, the all priesthood and all other priesthoods should not be regarded by the Vatican. In other types of displays of this current hardship within the Vatican walls, and this of course is not touched on alongside of the document because if it was, then they would have to throw the document out completely and their whole homosexual and completely sexual deviant behavior would be thoroughly exposed. Around the exact same time in December, which this is also a complete horrification, something that should never occur, a California pastor within Catholicism as well, related wholeheartedly to Pentecostal-related Catholicism, was allegedly telling teenagers that it was God's will that they do what no one should ever do with teenagers, and his name was Victor Manuel Hernandez Pieda, and he's he basically has the exact same name of the individual who released the document, which should tell you something, and he was booked on Friday without bail at the Martinez Detention Facility, as the online records show, as according to lawandcrime.com. This continues to happen far too often and 100% should stop. And this will only continue with the release of documents like this, and this will only continue with the acceptance of documents like this. If the Vatican reforms the right of marriage, meaning destroys it, it is no longer marriage, but only a right of calamity and evil, and might as well be a gateway to hell instead of a gateway to heaven. Which is why we must, by all means, completely set it apart from truth and completely disassemble the document as a whole. Now let's get to our other stories. Well, if you're a Catholic Christian like myself, then Hallow is definitely for you. Hallow is the number one app for Catholic meditation and prayer, and you can download it today on the App Store. The app is free to download, and there are two options for using it. 
There's a free version that does not require any payment for Halo, and there's an optional paid version that, of course, is only priced at $9.99 per month or $69.99 per year, which, of course, is 100% affordable for the entire family. It's one of the best ways to get prayerful meditations and one of the best ways to truly know God. Download Halo today. So something interesting occurred in Brazil, and this normally does not tend to happen. Normally the statue is just illuminated normally where it's standing and it doesn't have any adaptations to it. Normally I would say that the majority of Catholics wouldn't want any adaptations done to it. But from according to the U.S. News, uh, from the U.S. News uh, World Report, Brazilians paid several tributes to soccer legend Piel on Friday, one year after the three-time World Cup winner's death at age 82 due to colon cancer. A ceremony held at Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer, one of the South American nation's most famous postcard locations, featured a projection of a Brazil shirt with Piel's name and number 10 on the statue and a message from Pope Francis. Piel was a devout Catholic throughout his life. Essentially says, Piel, as Mr. Edson Arades de Nocimento became globally known, was undoubtedly an athlete who showed in his life all positive traits of a sportsman. The memory of the king of soccer remains in, uh, remains indebtable to the minds of many, and it stimulates new generations to seek in sport a means to strengthen the bonds of unity among us. Now, obviously, this is a decently cool tribute. It is something that pretty much no one has ever really truly seen. However, it definitely should not have occurred. Definitely should not have occurred at all because the this Christ statue is meant to simulate, it's meant to instruct the actual event where Christ r rose again from the dead. That's the point of it. So it's not supposed to be actually honoring any other person besides Jesus. In a sense, this could throw a lot of other legitimate uh, perspectives and symbolisms within the Catholic Vatican, within Catholicism, within Christianity, and people, of course, could then just attribute this to homosexuality as well with the way that the Vatican is moving closer and closer to that. And later on, if they are just able to put anything they want on the statue, it, of course, would end up making someone want to put, well, spray paint, even a, a bunch of homosexual colors or put a giant homosexual gown on him and things of that sort, which I would think people aren't too far from doing. And it just opens up a lot of areas where people could just free vamp a lot of stuff and they could throw in a bunch of leftism into there. Also, you can just look to the primary, uh, the primary concept where would Jesus actually be completely on board with what you're doing? Just ask that simple question. Ask the simple question that a literal 12-year-old could ask. Would Jesus be okay with the statue being represented in that way? 
and assuredly as another argumentation could be put there's other sports that of course were attributed and connected to pagan cultures and as a result there's a lot of folk catholicism connected in brazil and i'm not saying that soccer is necessarily a connection to that but there's a lot of sports connections to pagan religion as the olympics themselves as i've said before are completely related to the gods of greece and rome and at the same time if you want to connect folk saints to a soccer player you want to connect any other type of attributed sport back to this type of representation or you just want to start representing sports with any type of religious connection imaginable and even as most people tend to do they tend to represent things that aren't supposed to be represented by the actual action the actual sport the actual theology the actual documentation as a result this could be documented in a very negative way it's not exactly a way that anyone resembles this specific catholic understanding however of course someone could push back on that and state that there's of course the idea of the saints and protestants don't pray to them and i don't think catholics actually should necessarily pray to them either there's a difference between intercession and actually prayer to someone specifically but as it gets more and more human in origin it becomes less and less holy and when they completely encompass sports only to a culture that very well did not have that sport then it can be considered only humanly versus holy as a result it's not necessarily something that we should be taking part in however of course with a crucifix you are supposed to have jesus wholeheartedly on that and thus with all of the actual religious connections there it's it's a no-brainer and highly obvious although the protestant cross is also good too though all right and from christian news Katie Von D, or Kate Von D, asks for prayers as backlash continues following Christian conversion. Essentially, Kate Von D, if you don't know who she was and who she is, she was associated in a lot of witchcraft and thoroughly, of course, the witchcraft that most people have involved themselves in when it comes to sororities, when it comes to fraternities, when it comes to secret societies when it comes to the man's natural longing want for spirituality and thus normally spirituality that tends to be darker and more evil than it should be speaking on the relatable podcast with ellie beth stuckley which i saw a couple clips of that the new believer opened up about the impact the comments on her baptism video have had on her especially as her husband Raphael realized which has not chosen to become a Christian. So this is a very hard, detailed issue in a marriage. And it's why, of course, in her scenario, she wasn't Christian to begin with and she was practicing satanic evil. But with her conversion and with her continuous descent into that satanic evil, it can thoroughly have an effect on a marriage and thoroughly have an effect on everyone around you, your husband included if you're female and your wife included if you're male. 
and of course this is a highly high high stressor now, basically from what everyone can understand the and I've said this also in the past a couple of episodes ago the instantation of a very famous individual to become Christian normally their wealth will decrease potentially as with an actual Catholic priest who lives in poverty that's something everyone should understand that the lifestyle of a Christian is neither easy nor persistently enjoyed by everyone. Of course, aka all the martyrs that were killed and martyrs that were in prison before they were killed. When we got together, she says we were both not Christian. We got married and she's really and he's really helped me without knowing find my way and he's not necessarily on the same page. And she's encouraging people to, then she there uh, later on says, for people to pray for her husband to have the same encounter with Jesus. Now, in persistent problems in life, this is what shows you the truth behind understanding that life matters and life has always mattered. Marriages matter, as the Vatican knows, as twisted people in the Vatican are continuously trying to disassemble what marriage truly means. These evils try to disassemble every single type of attributable thing. Now what she says, he's very supportive. We go to church together every Sunday. He always supports me and we pray together. But there's a part of race where he's still questioning. And even so, people should still question. I always tell people who are agnostic, don't read The Tempting Evils, but read actual philosophy first, actual philosophy bent in Greek understanding, Greek thought, without descending into evil, and then read the Bible, because then you'll be thinking about how life is worthwhile, how life has a point, and then you'll actually come to understand the Bible the correct holy theology. Obviously, this holy theology is not thought up by Hollywood, and it's not thought up by pretty much anywhere in general nowadays when it comes to being famous. And people tend to think that faith, again, is only a concept in movies and TV, and it doesn't actually matter. However, it matters wholeheartedly for the construction of marriage in particular. And as a reason for this, I hope to always be praying for them, and everyone should be praying for them, but people should also figure out one other very, very necessary detail. Not only does faith matter, but faith matters specifically in who your faith is in. And if your faith is in the world, your faith is lost. If your faith is in Christ, your faith is completely, wholeheartedly soul-saving. So recently in Russia, just as the Catholic Vatican continues to be completely back and forth with homosexuality, there's another democratic-related argument concerning abortion that in Russia they are not exactly super-duper thrilled with, but at the same time is still just as bad as currently in the U.S., the Russian Orthodox Church by Fox News reaffirmed its strict opposition to abortion this week, putting it at odds with the Kremlin's more relaxed position. Quote unquote. 
The church unequivocally equates arbitrary surgical or medical abortion to murder regardless of the gestational age and the manner in which it is carried out, said the church spokesman Vladimir Lagoda, according to the translations from the Moscow Times. For this reason, the proclamation of the right to an abortion, otherwise the right to murder, is unacceptable, Lagoda added. The church's comprehensive rejection of abortion puts it at odds with Russian Vladimir Putin, who has previously affirmed that women, ha that women have a limited right to terminate their pregnancies. And obviously here, the Democrats should see how horrific this is. They should see how much of a you know, literal dictator view this is to actually support, considering the fact that a literal dictator is supporting it. Uh, where, where people... Well, they'll literally say, you are a Nazi for not letting me do what I want, and they'll literally quote an actual dictator to be right on that actual subject, doing the exact dictator-related thing that no one wants to talk about. And quite clearly and quite straightforwardly and truly, this is honestly just as bad as the United States, where they're trying to push more and more legislation. Usually I'm not this political but it's just so obviously wrong where all of the hospitals are wanting to push, or, or at least the Democratic ones, are wanting to push abortion continuously as early or, or as late as legitimately weeks before the baby's born, perhaps even while the baby's being born. And of course... Mind you, if you actually look at the laws currently on abortion in Russia, they aren't exactly entirely the same. They're even worse, as what's stated from that Fox News article, where currently laws allow women to end a pregnancy up to 12 weeks. So 12 weeks. Or for quote-unquote special reasons like divorce, unemployment, or because of income. This can be pushed back to 22 weeks. 22 weeks. So, in other words, literally over half of the time to have a child. And, again, they're literally citing an actual dictator. They, they want these social reasons, whatever that's supposed to mean. They want divorce, or these people in America want divorce, we want divorce, unemployment, and income to be the reason why we literally kill someone. In other words, people in America want to do the invert of murder, where, where an adult is actually murdering another adult. They want to do the invert of that, but at the same time still do that. They want to do the inverse of that and still do that. In other words, it's, it's extremely confusing to word, but they want to do the exact same thing, but just in a more horrific way. Imagine just killing someone because it's a social reason. In other words, the exact methodology of an adult killing another adult for a social reason, like a bar fight, a social reason, a social reason could be anything. Could literally be anything at all. If you say social reason, it could be any type of action in general, and automatically 
it's a right to abortion, which is completely, just, just completely backwards and completely wrong. We should be even more conservative about this. We should be far more conservative than the Orthodox Catholic Church in Russia. And surely Democrats should realize that you shouldn't literally quote a dictator while calling someone a dictator in a negative way. Or you shouldn't actually quote a dictator as being positive and then call us dictators for actually disagreeing with you. Abortion is completely, completely off the table. As a matter of fact, the name Orthodox Church, the name Orthodox, that is to be said the word Orthodox, is completely counter to abortion. And as I've said before, the instance of abortion is not a blessing. It's meant to be a curse. And everything from the biblical standpoint is meant to reference it as a curse by every death that's happened borderline close to that in the Bible. The Orthodox Church in Russia should be more Orthodox, and of course we should be more Orthodox in our understanding. So at the end of the show today, instead of diving into a failure doctorate section, we're going to be looking again at Reddit because Reddit is just the most unbelievably amazing place in the world for all doctrinal believers in Christianity and just the most amazing thing in the world for literally everyone, as a lot of people have said in the past and currently. We're going to look at r slash religion or drugs, which currently this area tends to just simply be religion on drugs the majority of the time. But it says at the top from a post from 305 days ago, which of course is very, very recent, uh, the worst church sermons we've ever heard. Please comment your own. I'm very interested in this. And a smiley face for some reason. And there's a guy literally right after that's posted saying, uh, by the name of Samunist, which I guess it's just Sam and a communist mixed together. So that can tell you it's definitely going to be a very biblical inclined statement. Since there was once a time where they didn't understand dispensationalism at all, so they tried to mix the gifts of the Jews in the Old Testament to Christians in the New Testament, which doesn't work at all, which is the same reason leading them to, shortly after the sermon was started, to just speak in tongues, which is literally just a bunch of gibberish, crying, historical laughter, and wailing. The whole thing was just a bunch of satanic blasphemy by them, acting like a bunch of nuts, then claiming it was from God which gave them utterance and made them do all of it. Yeah, I know what God made them all act like that. It was literally weird and compulsively strange, and it was a compulsively lying friend who had invited me. I'd recommend to any newly saved Christians out there to stay away from the Pentecostal charismatic movement and just read your Bible. Okay. So, obviously, obviously this guy is completely right and absolutely positively no shape, way, and form. As with, of course, his Samianist title there. Or at least he is, to a degree, partially right, where you shouldn't believe everyone that is 100% true. However, in Pentecostal charismatic movements that are actually biblically inclined, no, that is an actual real thing. And it is a real thing that, of course, will cause for the eventual return of Jesus if it is actually legitimately from God. And actually, the way to know that is if you have gifts of discerning of spirits, if you have those strange spiritual gifts, which 
a magnitude of the majority of people do. So if you're not open to that, then obviously you're just going to think it's gibberish, crying historical laughter and wailing, quote-unquote, from him as he claimed it to be. As for satanic blasphemy, sometimes it is, but again, it depends specifically on what it is. If it's people speaking in certain unconceivable languages or in other languages that people know, say Ukrainian, Russian, some form of African tongue, then, and you actually have someone there with the discerning of spirit's gift to incline and say, yes, they're actually speaking in that language, or you at least have someone who speaks that language, someone who is actually fluent in that tongue, be able to be an interpreter and tell you what they're saying, or if you actually have an interpreter for whatever languages it is, to continue that thought, then obviously it is an actual true thing. It most likely is not an utterance of evil, but of course you do have to be on the lookout. Completely disagree, however, at the end when he says, stay away from the Pentecostal charismatic movement, you know, due to the fact that the majority of churches today don't have charisma involved in spiritual gifts anyway. So if you don't have charisma involved in spiritual gifts anyway, then you just tend to think that spiritual gifts don't exist, which of course is what you come to, which is the real satanic blasphemy. As for understanding dispensationalism, also known as the timeline of when Jesus returns, in the theology and the study of the end times in the occurring order in all of that basically sure they maybe they didn't but at the same time most people don't even know what dispensationalism is nowadays because they're so untheologically inclined on purpose but yes for new believers you should probably stay away from extremely weird occurrences like this to a certain degree, but as you are slowly but surely getting stronger in your faith, you should eventually be exposed to the charismatic Pentecostal movement because essentially that's that, that that's the whole of end times prophecy. It has prophecy involved, and that's one of the strange spiritual gifts. So obviously if you don't have that, you're still not going to understand dispensationalism at all. The other thing I disagree with here, saying they tried to mix the gifts of the Jews in the Old Testament to Christians in the New Testament. Uh, you mean the prophets? Like the, the prophets of the Old Testament and mixing them with the New? That's the point of the Bible as a whole, so yeah, you clearly don't know what you're talking about there. Alright, uh, next one. Uh, it says, our public freakout, speaking in tongues and swinging a sword around for Jesus, I guess. And it says Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 12. It has a bearded man with a shield and then it has another man with a sword swinging it around during the music playing. This kind of looks like a non-denominational church or perhaps it might be a charismatic church movement at all. Uh, might be a charismatic church movement uh, once again that's what I was meaning to say there but anyhow uh, basically he's just swinging it around the whole time while he's singing and 
holding the shield there. But uh, this probably isn't the best look to go for, again, especially if you're a new Christian believer. But I would probably put this to be more in line with, say, a teen ministry involvement. But still, at the same time, even though it looks sort of goofy, adults need that literal view and that literal symbolic representation that's actually represented right in front of your face. So you still need both. So I don't entirely agree with that completely. The last one, oh my gosh. Uh, just wait till you get to the photo caption. Posted by Dan Savage 21 hours ago on Twitter. It says, LGBTQ plus news, this is an actual news story posted to Reddit. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to completely 100% explain this. It's both obvious, but also I'm, I'm just not explaining the full magnitude of this. Evangelical Christian furries are worried they'll be targeted for their faith. Wow, yeah, and this is recent from 2022. Leaders of the Christian Furry Fellowship say they could be doxxed if people discover their anti-gay beliefs. And so basically they're saying people who dress up, and I said I wasn't going to completely explain this, but people who dress up like animals in normal clothing that don't believe that gay is okay. How does that work? I think that's what's pushing. But it doesn't really make any sense. Of course, they're wholeheartedly going to think it's okay. And it has a picture of a dude in a wolf mask. I think this was actually a story that, would, that, that blew up for a large proportion of the time because the person standing, of course, in front of probably a United Methodist Church or some sort of maybe Unitarian... I don't know, but he's standing, this wolf mask guy is standing in front of a wall, and it kind of sort of looks like a cement version of a weeping wall in Judeo community culture, so that's one of the main reasons why they were trying to reassess the title there, to not offend the Jewish communities, but at the same time offend every Christian Catholic community. But yeah, the, the, this is wholeheartedly probably what the Vatican is going to be uh, pushing for the next couple of years. So this is this is definitely an instance that 100% cannot happen. Uh, sorry about the black story. Just 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 forget that was just forget that was there. Anyway, that's the show. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon.